the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we bring you part five in our series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the entire Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been maligned, attacked, denied, eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. Question, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine? particularly in our churches, and what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed and challenged and uplifted by our program tonight. And Gary, you knocked a home run talking about discipleship. Oh, how we need people in our churches to be discipled. It's not enough to just say I'm a Christian, because the word Christian is mentioned three times in the Bible, and the word disciple is mentioned over 269 times. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? Tell you that you need to be discipled. And any pastor and church that don't disciple their people on a consistent basis, you're opening up the door for them to be influenced by heretical teachings, cults, false teachings, and all sorts of things that comes out of Pandora's box. And we are here on Contending for the Faith to equip you so you, if because if you don't get equipped, you will get whipped by the enemy. So we are challenging people to be discipled. And when you get discipled, you know, you come to the place where you come to know what you believe and know why you believe it. And this is one of the reasons why 80%, make a note of that, 80% of the kingdom of the cults is made up of people who came out of the church, who never were disciples. You remember John says in his epistle, he said, they were with us, but they were not all of us. Why? Because somehow they didn't get what they needed to get. And then uh, they got deceived. 
Now, there are two scriptures in the Bible that attacks this curse of the church. The curse of the church is biblical illiteracy. That's the curse of the church. And that's why so many people today don't know what they believe and know why. And on this program every Saturday, we challenge you to get to your tables, open up your Bibles, and see what the Holy Spirit is giving me to give to you because we want to give you the meat of the word, not bones. We want to give you the meat of the word, and we want to disciple you every Saturday to know what you believe and know why. And there are two scriptures in the Bible that talks about this curse of biblical illiteracy. And the first one is Hosea 4 and 6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, he mentions several different things in this verse uh, that we need to take heed of. He mentions in Hosea 4 and 6, number one, lack of knowledge. Number two, rejection of knowledge. And number three, forgetting the knowledge. And oh, how that is a challenge to not only those who don't know the Bible, but for those who know the Bible and don't read it every day. I believe that a verse a day will keep the devil away. A chapter a day will keep the devil away. And you need to get in the word and get the word in you. And you need to use it against the three enemies, the devil, the flesh, and the world. They come at us every day. But Hosea the prophet says, the people are destroyed. Why are they destroyed? Lack of knowledge of the word of God. Then they reject the knowledge. You know, you can reject the word of God every day, getting up and just not reading it, not studying it, and then forgetting it. You know, you can get in the spirit where you remember everything else but the word of God. And then ultimately, you'll be destroyed. And look at the children of Israel. They were destroyed because they got away from the word of God. Look at other people today going to hell because they are denying the word of God. And uh, that's one scripture. But the other one is found in Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 12. Amos chapter 11, verses 11 through 12. And he talks about there's a famine in the land, but he also says there's a famine of uh, hearing the words of the Lord, of hearing the word of God. There's people just in a famine towards the word of God, just not hearing it and not believing it and obeying it. Now, when you get discipled uh, through the word of God, we want you to know the heart of who God is. The heart of who God is, is the Trinity. That's why I wrote a book on this, Biblical Propositions Supporting the Trinity by Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, a small, user-friendly book that every Christian should have in their library to study. And it'll bless your heart. It's blessed so many people. All you got to do is contact us, and we'll work it out where you'll get the book and have it in your library so you can study it. It will equip you, not only in your spiritual walk, but how to witness to people about the Trinity. Now, uh, in this biblical proposition supporting the Trinity, I lay out these if propositions. It has been shown, if it can be shown, that there is one God, and we've demonstrated that. We've demonstrated 
uh, in the last couple of teachings that God is one God. He's not two gods. He's not three gods. Uh, he's not four. He's not a multitude of gods. He's one God. From Genesis to Revelation, it teaches that God is one God. Now, God has revealed himself, and you don't have to be a great logician to figure this out. You just have to have a hunger for the word of God and search the scriptures. Let's go. You know, Jesus says, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. You got to search it. You got to dig deep into the word of God and let it dig deep in you. So if it can be shown that there is one God, and it has been shown, now, if it can be shown that this one God is called God the Father, Son, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. See, there's a lot of people who will say, I believe in God the Father, but they don't want to believe in Jesus as God the Son. And they don't want to believe in God the Holy Spirit. So if you talk to a Jehovah Witness, and they say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in him. And I believe that he is the son of God. Well, that's good, but you got to go a step further. You got to tell him that he's not only the son of God, but he's God, the son, second person of the Trinity. And they said, well, I don't want to hear that. Well, that's not my problem. That's your problem. You know, the Bible communicates that, that God is one God revealed in three eternal distinct persons who are co-equal, co-eternal and co-existence. And so, the God has revealed himself as one God, and he's called himself God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when you talk to somebody, you need to define language. My mentor, Dr. Walter Martin, in his book, The Kingdom of the Cult, said, define language and terminology. Somebody said, well, I believe he's the Son of God but I don't believe that he's God the Son. Well, you got a different Jesus. That's why the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, there's another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. And he talked about in Galatians chapter 1, if anyone preaches any other uh, gospel than that which you have heard, let him be accursed. That was That is one of the strongest Greek words that the Apostle Paul could have ever used. And that Greek word is anathema. It is, it is one of the strongest words that he could have ever used regarding somebody denying uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, let me kind of get into these scriptures where, uh, if it can be shown, that uh, the Father is called God. Now, when I generally do a workshop and I do a training at the various uh, seminaries, Bible colleges, and uh, churches, when they ask me to come in and do a teaching on the Trinity, I'll say to uh, even pastors, I'll say to laypersons, and I'll just say, we're going to test you right now with your Bibles closed and with uh, nothing in your hand, your phones as well. Where in the Bible is God the Father called God? I will say that to the average Christian, and they don't know. They say, well, I believe it. Well, it's not enough for you to know what you believe, but to know why. That's important for you to know what you believe and know why. That's the heart of Christology, 
knowing what you believe and knowing why. The heart of Christology is the person, nature, and work of Christ. Now, let's get into some scriptures where the Father is called God. And I'm going to give these to you quickly, and then we will close. And then next time, we'll demonstrate if it can be shown that the Son is called God. So let's get these scriptures laid out to you, if it can be shown that the Father is called God. Get your papers and your pens and write these scriptures down. And you can look at it later. I'm just going to say it to you quickly. If it can be shown that the Father is called God, Galatians 1 and 1, Galatians 1 and 1, Paul an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Notice how many times I'm going to be mentioning this word, God the Father who raised him from the dead. Then Philippians 2 and 11, Philippians 2 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of what? God the Father. See how it talks about God the Father? It's making it very clear. God the Father, God the Father. And then 1 Thessalonians 1 and 1 talks about God the Father. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 1. 2 Timothy 1 and 2. 2 Timothy 1 and 2. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. You know, it's interesting that grace, mercy, and peace is always mentioned in relationship to the pastors. It's never mentioned hardly at all to laypersons because uh, we as leaders need this thing, uh, grace, mercy, and peace. But if you do a word study of uh, this uh, greetings of Paul, he always mentions the word uh, grace and peace to the layperson. But when it comes to the leaders, he changes that thing up to grace, mercy, and peace uh, from God the Father. There's the word again. God the Father, you know, and then Titus 1 and 4. It mentions God the Father there, and it got that word again, grace, mercy, and peace, again, to the leader. And then 1 Peter 1 and 2, 1 Peter 1 and 2, you got the elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And then you have also in 2 John 1 and 3, 2 John 1 and 3, grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father. Now notice how John is talking to little children, believers in the body of Christ, and then he mentions the, the grace and mercy and uh, peace there. So he's kind of like extending it for a change here, uh, here, John, to the church. But most of the time, you don't have that word mentioned hardly at all to the laypersons. But uh, John does somewhat because he knows that the little children who are babes in Christ need all that God has to give them. So if it can be shown, let me say this in conclusion, if it can be shown that there's one God, it has been. If it can be shown that that one God is called Father, it has been. And next uh, week, we'll get into, oh, you're going to love this one. We'll get into, if it can be shown that the Son, second person of the Trinity, is called God, the Son, or God. And we will show that. Now, if you're denying who Jesus is, uh, and you've denied the Trinity, 
My challenge to you right now is to repent. Confess your sin, accept him in your heart. And we gonna, I want you to say this with me. Lord, forgive me for being ignorant of the Trinity. Forgive me for denying the Trinity. Forgive me for denying who you are, what you are, and what you did. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray these things. In his name, amen. May the church hear and obey what God has to say. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response and not your last resort. And speaking of prayers, we always want to start off by thanking everyone who has been praying for this ministry over the many, many years that we've been on the air. We know it's been your prayer support that has kept us going, kept us encouraged, and kept us fighting on the front lines to give reasons and answers for faith. So we thank you so much. Continue to pray for us. Continue to send those prayers up for this ministry. In addition to that, we want to thank those who have uh, always stepped up to the plate to support us financially, to partner with us financially in this ministry. It's so vital. This is a listener-supported ministry, and without your support, we would not be able to do what we do. Uh, we currently owe $320, and we want to get that debt retired, so we need your help. We need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent giving. And there's two ways you can donate. First, you can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon. Tiburon is spelled T I B U R O N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online to on your laptop or your tablet. Go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button, and it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. Your giving to this ministry will support uh, true discipleship. It will support giving reasons and answers for faith. And one day you'll stand and in, in stand before God, and he's going to tell you, look, turn around, and you'll see a vast multitude of people. You'll say, Lord, who are these people? And the Lord will say to you that these are the people that came to faith as a result of your giving to contending for the faith. So it's important that uh, you continue to pray and continue to partner with us here financially, because it does make a difference in time and eternity. We also want to let you know that next week, uh, Dr. Buckner will be in Bakersfield speaking and visiting his mother. And we want to encourage you to continue to lift her in prayer and uh, for her health and strength and her her, her right mind as well, you know, as we get on age and sometimes we need to, all the prayer support we can get. 
So we want to encourage you to pray for Dr. Buckner's mother. And we also want to remind you that next week it will be a pre-recorded message, uh, Best of Contending for the Faith. So you won't be able to call in, but you will be able to listen in. So we want to encourage you to take notes, uh, tell a friend, tune in together. Uh, Dr. Buckner was mentioning they know it's a group of pastors that get together on Saturday night and they turn our broadcast into a, a mini Bible study. And so there's so many ways that you can benefit from listening to this broadcast. There's so much rich information. I want to encourage you to always be ready with pen and paper and take notes. It's such a vital thing in the vital ministry. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those encouraging words and uh, we also want to uh, thank those who send us uh, wonderful letters. Uh, we got really blessed by Sandra, uh, Sandra, and uh, she said this. Uh, she said, uh, uh, Dear Dr. Buckner, I enjoyed the Thanksgiving message this Saturday so much and was very encouraged when you listed the things to be thankful for. You put it all in perspective. It was a good reminder to remember the simple things we have, like food on our table, clothes, a place to live, and fairly good health. It is so good to be reminded. Thank you. I like what Cece said about contending for the faith, being the high point of his day. I also try not to make any appointments on Saturday night so I can be home to hear the teaching. Thank you so much, and God bless you and Gary and your families. Uh, Sandy's. Isn't that wonderful? I tell you, Brother Gary, we get so encouraged by letters like that, and it lets us know that there's some people out there that, as you mentioned about pastors, there's people out there really taking this ministry serious, and they're getting blessed. Absolutely. It's a wonderful Amen. thing. Mm-hmm. Amen. So let's get to our callers. All right. Our first caller of the night, Cece's been waiting patiently. Cece, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. It's good well, to hear from you guys. The, well, that's good. Keep keep hanging in there and keeping the faith. And uh, how did the Word of God speak to you tonight? What what uh, touched you tonight about the Word? Well, I liked how you um, broke broke the Trinity down also, but also liked um, how you broke it down in terms of like a lot of people being, you know, not having the knowledge of the Trinity. And, um, and I've ran into people like that. I've asked questions before, you know, well, and most times people, they can't answer that question. And, and the thing is, if you're going to be a believer. How can you confess something that you don't know? You know what I'm saying? So I think that's very important when you mention that, you know, and you mentioned those passages in Amos. I think that's, very, very important that you, if you, 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 you're claiming you're, you're a Christian, but you have to be able to um, be polemic in terms, in terms of explaining, you know what I'm saying? And that's where a lot of people miss it at. You know, they open their Bibles up for a little, little time and then they close it up. And I think, like you said, we have to, what you said made a point, we have to get deep into the Word, not just open it up for five or ten minutes, you know, and, you know, turn that TV off, you know, um, take some time with the Lord, you know, turn the football game off. You know, I think this the time that you spend in the word is the most important thing you can do. Not to, not to mention that you don't 
neglect life, period. But I think that's the most important thing you can do is to is investigate in that. Because then you're able to help other people when they come to you, like you said, about these cults, you know. Amen. Well, thank you so much. We always appreciate your input. And uh, and I know the listeners out there get blessed as you uh, heard one of the uh, letters that I read, uh, how Sandy got blessed by uh, some of the things you said about being uh, faithful to listening to the program. So we appreciate that. And what uh, question do you have on your heart uh, tonight? I wanted to ask you about Martin Luther because he was, he had, I know he was, um, at the time he was writing, writing a commentary on uh, Romans and he, he was trying to figure out, I know in Romans chapter one, what point was God coming from? What area was God coming from when he mentioned righteousness? And I understand that when he found that term righteousness and he was not quite sure when he got revelation, he talked about the righteousness was a gift that was given to us. And I wonder if you could expand on that, knowing that you're an expert on these things. Right. Uh, Well, for those, uh, thank you for the question. For those who don't know that much about uh, Martin Luther, uh, Martin Luther was known as the Reformationist father uh, in the 1500s, and and so uh, he was the one that uh, was a bishop in the Roman Catholic Church, and he protested and against the Catholic Church and wrote a 95 thesis, and he put it on the Wittenberg uh, Chapel there in Germany and said, the just shall live by faith because he was, uh, uh, he did, he was, he went against the indulgences and a lot of the, the traditions and rituals of the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, uh, by the way, too, just an uh, interesting note on this that a lot of people don't know this, but Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, real name was Michael King. And um, his father, Martin Luther King Jr. father changed up his name and his son's name after Martin Luther because uh, Martin Luther protested against the Catholic Church, and that's how we got the word Protestant. And so that's an interesting thing to know. But let me just say this about uh, Martin Luther, the Reformationist father. Uh, Martin Luther, you know, he had wrestled with the writings of Paul, and you mentioned like righteousness, and uh, that led to his break uh, through it was a breakthrough for him when he wrestled with uh, the writings of Paul. So it was one of them was righteousness and there were some other things and that led him to his breakthrough and insight into the whole concept of justification because justification simply means just as if I never sinned in Christ. And so it was a breakthrough that gave him insight into justification by faith where the sinner comes to rely on Christ's merits and not his own. Um, He had trouble coming uh, to peace with justification by uh, any other means, and it was only by grace that we uh, achieve a right relationship with God. That's what he came, came to a conclusion on. So Luther's spiritual awakening, this is an important word for Luther. Uh, And by the way, he's also the the father of the Lutheran church. 
Luther's spiritual awakening was sparked by the study of Paul's letters to the Romans, which challenged him with the statements uh, or the statement, the just shall live by faith. So Martin Luther was changed by the book of Romans. And I want to say that to anybody that reads the book of Romans, it will revolutionize your life because that's where you get all of the five major doctrines. Uh, it's a doctrinal book. And that's where you get all the major doctrines in the Bible. You know, justification is one, then sanctification and glorification, consecration. And then we've been, uh, you know, redeemed in Christ. So uh, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So you get the five major doctrines in the book of Romans and every Christian should study it. So hopefully that is giving you some additional insight to his journey and awakening. And uh, it took him to a broader level of his perspective of, of God and just, justification when he came to the book of Romans as a whole. And uh, the righteousness came in there along with sanctification and the five major doctrines that uh, is uh, laid out there. So hopefully that helps out. I appreciate that. You got it. You got it. You have any prayer uh, requests? Uh, yeah, you just pray for my mom and my family, and um, you guys just lift me up, and then we just um, lift up um, some inter entertainers. My mom, my family, and some um, entertainers. Okay, well, we'll we'll do that, brother Gary. So, Lord, we just thank you once again for brother CC's questions and his faithfulness and his diligence. We pray that you continue to. Bless him with more wisdom when it comes to your word, greater understanding, and much favor. That you'd meet every need that's represented in his life. We pray for his family, his mother, Rosalinda. We pray, Lord God, for many people who are in the realm of the celebrity, that they, too, would come into a saving knowledge of you. That you would bring people into their lives who would bear witness to the reality of the living and true God. And that they... Uh, like all of us, are in need of a Savior, and that they would come to that saving knowledge of Jesus. We thank and praise and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Cece, for your call and your question, as always. God bless you, brother. God bless you. All right. Well, I hear the music playing. It's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, I want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. Your prayers are so vital to this ministry. Please be consistent in your prayers, but also be consistent in your financial partnership with this ministry. We need your financial support right now. We owe $320 for uh, our current uh, bill, and we want to retire that bill, so we need your help. Uh, there's two ways that you can donate. One is send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. 
Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and it's that simple. We also want to remind you that next week uh, we'll be airing one of the best of Contending for the Faith. Dr. Buckner will be in Bakersfield speaking. And so we want to encourage you to listen in, but you won't be able to call in next week. But have paper and pencil ready because it will be one of the best of the show, Contending for the Faith episodes. And uh, so we want to make sure that you're ready to go. And uh, once again, next week, we, will, we won't be live, but we will have one of the best of Contending for the Faith. Dr. Buckner, ready to go back to the phone lines? Yes, and let me just add to that uh, what you're sharing. Uh, you know, we appreciate uh, all that you do and your faithful giving because uh, because of your prayers and your financial support, we are able to do what we're doing, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, you never know what God is going to do, Brother Gary, through his uh, people, and mm-hmm. we can expand this program not only uh, every day during the week, uh, depending on uh, people out there who have really been blessed financially, and some people don't know what to do with their money, their monies. Uh, well, this would be a tremendous way to invest it in continuing for the faith to be on not only uh, throughout the week, but also, um, you know, nationwide, you know, worldwide. So uh, God is able and faithful with that. I believe on Saturday, I've been told on Saturday at four o'clock in the morning, uh, they air Contending for the Faith every Saturday at four in the morning. So if you're up before the birds get up (laughs) (laughs) and you don't awake the birds, uh, that'll be a good way to break from uh, insomnia. There you go. Amen. All right. Who we have next? We have uh, Brother Brother Rick. Yes, Brother Rick, how are you doing, you Brother me. Rick? I am blessed. All right. Got, good, to hear, good, to, good, good to hear your voice. Hear your voice. Uh, what's, what's on your heart, my brother? All right. I'll start, I'll start off with my question, and then I'll get into my prayers. Okay. Uh, my, question, my question tonight relates to the Pentecostal oneness. They make many claims. And what I like to ask is uh, what scriptures can be used to uh, to to, to uh, run the claims of the Trinity and refute their false arguments about good their question. so-called Trinity. Very good question. Well, let me just say this, uh, giving a little history on the uh, you know people who are oneness. Uh, it goes back to the third century with a guy by the name of Sibelius, and Sibelius had t- taught a heretical teaching called modalism. Now, what is modalism? Modalism was the teaching that uh, God, uh, actually Jesus Christ as God, uh, wore different masks throughout history. Uh, That he, at one period of time, he wore the mask of the Father, took that off, and then he put on the mask of the Son. And then uh, later on in history, He put on the mask of the Holy Spirit, and it was uh, Jesus only. So the Jesus only movement today and the Pentecostal oneness movement uh, came out of Sibelius teaching, which was a heretical teaching, and the church excommunicated that out of the church. Now, 
these are some good scriptures that I'm going to share with you and the listening audience, Brother Rick, uh, that they can look at. Um, first and foremost, I would say one of the major scriptures that debunks the Pentecostal oneness argument that Jesus is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit is uh, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. Uh, because when Jesus was baptized, you know, he went down in the water and came up. And then, secondly, you had uh, the Holy Spirit descending it like the form of a dove. And then, uh, thirdly, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So how could Jesus be, be baptized and then uh, coming up out of the water and then all of a sudden uh, he's on earth and then he's in heaven at the same time too, uh, speaking, and then on earth when John the Baptist baptized him? doesn't make any sense at all. And then the other scriptures that I would uh, share with you on that, uh, that demonstrates the Trinity. A lot of people don't realize this, but I want to challenge you on this. Because you very seldom hear people say these are a lot of scriptures on uh, the distinction of the Godhead. And I'm talking about distinction because you have one God called Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but there are three distinct persons. Well, that distinctiveness is really laid out in the Gospel of John, chapters 14 through 17. Take a note of that. Chapters 14 through 17, you have in those chapters uh, all over the place, Father, speaking Son, Holy Spirit. And then isn't it interesting that in John 14 and verse 16, uh, Jesus says, uh, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another, notice the word, another comforter. Uh, so when he mentions the word another, that's something other than who he is. So you really want to take note of that and look closely at this distinction in the Godhead from John chapter 14 through 17. And then in 17, the high priestly prayer, Jesus said, well, glorify thou me, Father, with the glory that I had with thee before the foundation of the world. Well, how could Jesus be talking about himself and saying, Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with thee before the foundation of the world? He's talking about two different persons. That's why you got to get into the distinction of Godhead in John chapters 14 through 17. Hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick, and uh, it's given some additional insight. Brother Rick? Thinking about another uh, scripture that came to my mind and really hits my heart. What's that? In, in John 6, 4, we know that there is one God. Mm -hmm. And the Hebrew word for one God is Echad, which is a composite of one. Right. And then the other thing that really hit my heart tonight is right what comes after John 6, 4, 6, mm -hmm. 5 through 6, 9. Because mm -hmm. when he tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, and he says afterwards, these, these words which I command of thee shall be in your heart. So what God is really commanding, commanding us is that we have to get the word in our heart mm -hmm. and really mean it. Absolutely. Because, you know, you're yes. challenging us on illiteracy, uh, biblical illiteracy right now, because mm -hmm. what we have is a heart problem right now. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing those additional scriptures as well. And and that oneness, we got into that earlier in the series on the Trinity. What is your uh, prayer request? 
Yeah, I pray, pray for pray for for my mother right now that she continues to uh, heal and pray for her salvation. Pray for my family's salvation. I want to continue those prayers and for myself right now. Pray for me as I continue to recover from the uh, cracked rib injury that I had and uh, that that continues to heal. And pray for my physical therapy especially. Pray that I continue, pray that I continue to get strength back. Mm-hmm. and be able to uh, function normally again. Amen. Well, let's go before the Lord in prayer on these prayer requests, Brother Gary. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you, Brother Rick. We pray that you, Lord God, would meet every need that's represented in this life, particularly these physical ones, Lord God, that you would help them recover from these cracked ribs. We pray for this physical therapy, that it would be beneficial to him, and that he would get his strength back, Lord God. We pray for his mother and his family, for their salvation, Lord God that you would continue to move in their lives and continue to, we pray by your Holy Spirit to soften their hearts, they would receive you, Lord God. Thank you, praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call and your good question and your additional feedback as well. All right. Thank uh, you. Brother Gary, uh, who do we have next? Well, let's go to Sophia. She's been waiting patiently. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so happy to speak with both of you. I'm so blessed, Dr. Buckner. I have so many verses to study for the whole week. I'm excited for that opening of yours. I have much to learn. Now, quickly, I want to say what the blessing it was to hear your granddaughter. She is such a sweetheart. It was a real blessing to hear her. And I will pray for your mother as well, but she is just a a, a sweetie. Oh, I just loved hearing her. What a lovely young lady she is. But anyway... And, of course, I am praying extra extra special this week. I always do for content, but for Rick, too. So I'm going to say I'm extra prayers for Rick. Now, what I'm calling about, I had another question, but because of your opening and time, I'm going to save that. But listen to this, Dr. Buckner. This is Matthew 12, 31, right? Therefore, I say to every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven him, neither in this age nor in the one to come. Now, if you are saying a word against the Son of Man, uh, doesn't he have the Holy Spirit? Isn't that, why is that not bad? I mean, um, will be forgiven, but if you speak against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Isn't the Son of Man also the whole have the Holy Spirit in him and is God? I'm confused. Why is well, one forgivable well, he, and not he, the other? Yes, he he did have the Holy Spirit uh, in him, but again, uh, there there are two distinct persons. So even though they're one, uh, there are uh, three distinct persons: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So Jesus is speaking in terms of the distinction. So you have the Holy Spirit, a distinct person solo uh, mm-hmm. as far as a person is concerned. And so the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, what is that? It simply is a deliberate, willful, ongoing rebellion that the Pharisees had uh, mm-hmm. against Jesus. And they were saying all of the miracles that he did was by Beelzebub, which is the prince of demons. So they were saying that all of the miracles that Jesus did, they attributed it to the demoniac. And there's, there's no way Jesus is saying, if you 
keep thinking that way, you uh -huh. cannot be forgiven because you're not going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. What did he say in, in John? He said the Holy Spirit's job is to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So if you uh -huh. say that the, uh, that the works of Jesus is done by the devil, then there's no way that the Holy Spirit can convict you, and that's a blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Another way of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is to simply die and never repent. So those are two things. So anyway, hopefully that helps. Um, and that's a good question. We're going to try to get to Jermaine's question. Oh, go ahead. Well, anyway, God the, uh, bless program, you all. Hopefully that, hopefully that gives you some insight. No, that's fabulous. Thank you. God bless you both. All right. God bless you. Thank you for your call. All right. Let's get to Jermaine real quick because we're running out of time. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? I'm um, doing very well. Good to hear from you, brother. It's been a while. And we only have about a couple more minutes. Let's get your question. I'll try to address it quickly. Yeah, I was just um, I wanted to ask about spiritual warfare in Jesus' name. I was I was reading uh, Dr. Walter Martin's uh, daughter Cindy Martin's book about their home life and things behind the scenes of uh, of Walter Martin's life. And very good book. But I got to a part where they had what sounds like uh, she, she mentioned spiritual warfare you know, that they had to deal with due to the nature of, of his work. And one time she woke up with a little girl had some issues and had to order something out in Jesus' name. I just wanted to order. I wonder how how do you go about, like, preparing yourself as as a head of the household to take care of those kinds of things? Well, well, that's a good question. The thing about it is there are some people who use the name of Jesus Christ in, in the warfare battle, and that's good too. That's uh, always good because there is power in his name and demons fear the name of Jesus. We see that in the book of Acts that the early church would uh, use the name of Jesus and uh, it worked, there's power in his name. But I would say that anytime you, uh, you wear the armor, the full armor on, each piece of the armor is all Jesus. So when you talk about uh, truth, the girl of truth, that's Jesus, I'm the way, the truth. Righteousness, he's our righteousness. He is our peace, Isaiah 9 and 6. He's faith, you know, he's the word. Uh, he's all of that. So just the fact that you put on the armor of God, uh, you don't necessarily have to use the name of Jesus because you have it all on you and in you, the fact that you have the armor on. But there are some people who may not be aware of that and they may just use the name of Jesus, like Walter Martin's uh, family did, and it works too. So God has many ways of working. He cannot be put in just a, a box and say, this is the only way it should be done. Okay, yeah, and um, I'll pick it up next week. I know you guys at the end of the show, but, but I appreciate yeah, it. That's, that's a really good question, and we can pick it up again some more, but it's good to hear from you. And we'll keep you in prayer and your family and I'd like to get an update next time you call on how you're doing in your family. All right. God bless you. Now. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for your call. All right. Brother Gary, I'm going to turn it over to you to knock a home run in the name of Jesus. And what a program tonight. Oh, yes. Well, we have come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's so important for us to hear from you. As you heard earlier, we did get a letter of encouragement. So we want you to continue to send those letters of encouragement, send those cards and 
notes and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we give you the opportunity to ask questions and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to exhort and better enable you to contend for the faith. We just want to remind you, next week we won't be live in the studio, but we will have the best of contending for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.